you don't sound autistic. Well, uh, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm, I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. And uh, what are we doing today? I don't know. I am so tired today. Rochelle has pooped. I am. It's been a week. It's been a really kind of, I mean, it's been a big week for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons because there's just been so much going on. Yeah. Um, But I had a different reason for, I'm just out of gas really this weekend and doesn't smell like it. Well, that's good. <laughs> my um so last week I my doctor put me on a new medication and he warned me, but I had no idea what to expect, you know, cuz it was going to give you a sense of humor. No. And you don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I still haven't found a good medication for that. Oh no. No, it was a stimulant. It's a he goes, you know, the, the point is cocaine? No, I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. I take a stimulant. Um, yeah, it's a, sti- it's a weight loss thing. And he said, he goes, okay, so, you know, take it every morning. You can't take it later than nine o'clock in the morning or you won't be able to sleep. And I was like, all right. And you know, I don't really, I have decent amount, like I, I can maintain my energy throughout the day, but I, I have more of that, like slower to get up and go kind of energy. Like I don't have that. I haven't really ever expa- experienced what anxious energy or I've never expanked either. Yeah. Thanks. That's the, uh, <laughs> Is that the I'm medication pull, talking? That, no, I, I I pulled myself off the medication is my point. Oh. And so I'm just now recovering from it. But for a week, and, and every day was getting like progressively more intense, but the first day I took it um, was a Thursday, and I was and I was home working on Chandler, and I was like, okay, okay, I can do this. But I took it the second day, and I had to go into work, and, you know, and, and I work in a clinical setting, and it's, you know, it, it's calm, and it's structured, and, and I was so unprepared for how my central nervous system was going to handle the stimulant like I just felt like I didn't have the jitteriness of like too much coffee or like an energy drink but my nerves themselves were just running so fast that it was like anything I looked at I I didn't really read like my eyes were working so fast I couldn't capture mental images of anything so then I didn't remember anything and I almost got a couple of appointments like wrong they'd done some really tweaky stuff with my schedule and I didn't catch it and part of my body was just like yep don't don't worry about that just got to keep going you know it was really it was really difficult actually and have you ever seen South Park you know there's a character named Tweak no that acts like a tweaker I did not know that you've got a tweaker vibe going well that's kind of how I felt and then as as every day went on I was like wow this is this is really a struggle because like if I don't have the time to take a mental image of something that I'm reading or something that I'm thinking, I don't remember it. And every day that I was on that medication, I couldn't do that. And I kept thinking like of you. And I would think about all the different times, you know, you'd say something really funny and you're like, great, what did I just say? Write it down for me. I don't know. You know, and it just would fly through your mind so fast that it was gone. And I was like, wow, I wonder if this is how, this has got to be somewhat similar to how he feels on a regular basis because I was edgy Um, And I didn't feel like emotionally edgy. I felt, if anything, like just more physically edgy. And I noticed as the um, days went on, 
like I lost more and more of my ability to tune in to Declan and understand like what his needs were. I would just observe him and go, yep, okay. You know, it didn't trigger anything for me. Hmm. Where normally, and he had a tough week coming off of surgery. You know, I would have a little bit better read on it, but I didn't. It was really frustrating. I can't remember. Did we talk about that last time? Well, we we were talking about going into surgery. Got it. But we didn't talk about the actual surgery. No, and it was one of those... It was like a long time ago now. Oh, uh, well, and when I got back to work, they had all these Valentine's Day treats and sugar crap. And, and I was like, what is all this here for? And like, oh, it was Valentine's Day on Monday. I was like, oh, it was? <laughs> right. Oh, right. It was. We were. Hey, I got you a gift and you got me a gift. I know, but Monday, Monday was so... Monday, Monday was a tough day. Yeah. You know, I think the only little moment we had, we were like, oh, happy Valentine's Day was in the morning when we were finishing the registration pro uh, process, you know, and getting everything signed for surgery and going before we went back um, into the surgery center. And after that, the rest of it was a blur. That's right. Some of that conversation did go on to the Facebook group. That's why I'm trying to think. I'd be like, didn't we talk about this a little bit? But it was just more of a prompt to get a bigger conversation started. Right. Right. That was a tough, I mean, surgery. I have not ever seen him respond. Well, let's talk about that surgery real quick and then we'll yeah. get into what you're about to say. So what exactly was he getting surgery for? So, um, I forget. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he adenoidectomy. At, yes. And then he, his, um, his ear his tubes, ear tubes needed to be replaced. Correct. Okay. And then everything needed to be washed out. And remind me, what was the reason that his ear tubes needed to be replaced? Because so they said something about the chemical that they use as a lubricant to put the, that in there in the first place may have been an irritant. Is that right? There's that. And then there's the material that particular type of ear tube is used with can create a reaction to your individual biofilm is what she called it. And she wanted to pull it out and use a different, a more neutral material because Your jizz. Basically, but he's also had this underlying infection in his ear or this like, you know, call it an infection. I don't know, you, you, because you would think right. it, it always came with a fever and it's not. He's just he had he this is, cold with this ear. He has right a colony ear, growing. Basically. And it would just come back every three and four weeks. It would just come back and come back. And it's been going on for eight, eight or eight or so months now. And that's one of the reasons why we went in to see her is like, look, this is unresolved. And they just keep giving us drops for it. Something isn't right. And now he's pulling on his ears and he's you know, pulling on his nose and all these other things. That, all these behaviors that indicate something's wrong, although would be easily overlooked as either like autistic stemming, right? Just trying to like, okay, you know, pulling on your ears, these little things would be normal. Or a new motor tick. Can I pause you real quick? Cause just it, There's a word that you used that throws me off because I hear people use it two different ways and... I like to know that I'm using it appropriately. Sure. Is it stimming or stemming? Or it's is it both? Sti it's stimming. Stimulation. Okay. I, th I thought you said stemming. I, I hear, I've heard both. I'm a little nasally, so. Okay. No, but I'm just saying, like, if anyone out there can please go join I've the Facebook seen, you know, group I've seen it both. And, and let me know. Because, well, no, one of them has to be right. Well, it can't. It. it can't be both. It must. Be, there can be only one, Rochelle. Okay. It's go like Highlander. Google it then. Okay, is it stimming or stemming? Is that is that what I'm looking up? All right. right. Bear with me, everyone. Here we go. Because you know what? Now that you mentioned it, I'm We're not at the will of the of the Google. I'm not confident because I, I have seen it both ways. Look at that. Second. First one that comes up. 
Stimming helps block out too much sensory input from overstimulation. Example of stemming action is making it burr sound. Okay, so that's that's confusing. The word stimming. Go down one. What here? Stem versus stem. Stem versus stem. Stem versus stem. Maybe they're both appropriate. No, there's a lot. There's too much going on here. Yeah, that's not a good one. My ADHD. Oh, shit. Go back, Blake. <laughs> well, it's supposed to Reddit, be... Reddit. That's got to be a reliable resource, right? Sure. So what does it say? It's, it's someone saying that they worked in the field for three years, and I'm 90% sure. Even they're not sure, 100%. It's stim, repetitive sensory seeking behavior. So we, at least we can agree I what it is. I think it's stimming because it's supposed to be a stimulation is where it came from. It's a self-stimulation. And it can be to like block out extrasensory um, like input because it gets overwhelming. Or it can just be uh, you know, a way to, to help yourself regulate when you're feeling internally overwhelmed. Yeah. So like one thing that's an example, and I've talked about this in other episodes, is that my sti- um, let's let's just let's just agree that it's stimming. And if I correct you, then I apologize. Okay. I apodge. Okay. Appall. Appall. There we go. I'm trying to think of how you do that. Um, it's it when it rains mm-hmm. is when I notice that I'm doing it. What um, do you do? I shake my hands. I flap my hands oh, under yeah, my arms yeah. really do. hard. You do. And I run. <laughs> yeah, you do. Because I hate the rain. Yeah. I really do. And and I always thought that was something that everyone would do. Mm-mm. And uh, apparently not. Sort of like uh, the first time I, I realized that, um, what is it called? It is called, shoot, I can't think. But um, I have this weird thing where uh, when I walk outside and, and I have s- the sun hits my eyes right. Oh, I can't remember the name I of that sneeze. thing. I sneeze. Right. It's something sensory reflux. Photo something, I thought. Maybe it's photosensory reflux. That might That would make sense. Um, does anyone else have that issue where you, cause it is not, I did not realize it's, it's a thing that actually has a name. I have a lot of things that have names now, which is very helpful. Um, but walking outside, it is not normal to just sneeze I because mean, the light hits you. every single time you walk outside. Not every sneeze. single time, but like a lot of times I, like if I walk out of a big, usually it's like big box stores because you're walking out and the light is hitting you in the right, right. angle. I mean, if you walk out on an overcast day, I don't see you do it. But if you no. walk out and the sun's out. Yeah. I'll just be like, fah, fah, fah. Right. and it's really annoying to everybody, me and everyone else around me, I'm sure. Actually, probably only you. Maybe. Okay. Maybe more me. Yeah. Well, it's hard because you, you literally cannot control it. Well, it's it. involuntary, right? That's the, you, you, you feel like you're being controlled by it. Yeah. Absolutely. I hate it. I don't like it. I know. But I know does anyone know. else? And I, I, I know I don't think it's not an ADHD or an autism related thing, but, you know, I see a lot of people. It's so funny, like in some but of the it, autism But it groups. is a sensory thing, right? It's a sensory integration thing. Your body is perceived, your body is receiving a sensory input through your eyes and creating an involuntary what's the, response. What's the evolutionary benefit to sneezing? Get away, son. Get away. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but I see in a lot of groups, a lot of aut- autism groups, and I and I and I, po- I I post things every once in a while. Mostly, I just post like watch it, you know, listen to our podcast. But people will will post things, and they're like, "Is this autist? Is this autism?" You know, and, and it's like every once in a while I get diarrhea. Is that autism? And it turns out, yeah, because stomach troubles uh-huh. are an issue. But what's funny is that you say that kind of stuff, and it just sounds like you're throwing 
you're just throwing crap against the wall to see what sticks. But it, but when you, when but some of it resonates and some of it doesn't. Like I, I was, we were talking about the puzzle piece mm-hmm. in previous episodes, right? The puzzle piece logo, and someone, yeah, that represents autism in mm-hmm. certain circles, and um, someone was like, puzzle piece, offensive or not? And then a bunch of people responded, and and I was like, I don't really, one way or the other, it doesn't bother me. But that's also, I think, because, and what I found is that a lot of people that were late diagnosed, males and females, mm-hmm. um, saw the puzzle piece as something that was neutral because you don't necessarily, it's not like you become become autistic, you're born autistic, you, you, you're, you're born, born that right. way. And so, like, I actually said something in a group where I was like, oh, um, I've only been autistic for a few years. And this woman goes, you've been autistic your entire life. I was like, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> right. I under, I've only been autistic for a few years because I didn't realize I was autistic. Now I'm identifying that right. way because right. I didn't realize. Because before it was a complete, and I know I'm going like way off a tangent. I apologize to everybody because I'm losing my mind right now. No, but it's a good point because it, what they're battling, what, what people are still struggling with is whether they're battling the perception of themselves or battling how, you know, their own identity of themselves and it's really difficult to tease those two things apart when you continue to live in a society that just thinks that you know there's something wrong with you because you don't act the way they they do there's um i read a post this morning from a a woman in one of my mom's groups that said her you know they're out doing errands and her son is two and on the spectrum very much like just like declan and and he had a meltdown in the corner of the room and in the corner of the store and so she just knelt down and held him and they worked through it and I've done that with Declan and there's absolutely nothing. I thought that was a great response from the mom. And she said this, this other lady walked by her and called her son a gremlin. And I was just like heartbroken for her because it's just another example of how the out, he is absolutely not a gremlin. She's the gremlin. Like that bitch needs to walk away. It's just so, it's so demoralizing to sit there and know that you're being judged for something that they don't understand. And at the same time, you're doing everything right to get, you and your child or or even yourself like through a stressful environment and the world is way too overstimulating to begin with so the fact that you know there are measures in place to just stop and calm down and that's a good thing and to be called names for it I mean so everyone has to battle those demons as well because it's not like you're accepted for being who you are although you know people can be a complete ass and be accepted for it. Yeah. True. I um, am sorry. I was trying really hard to listen to what you were saying. And in my head, I kept saying, don't forget about what you were going to say about the puzzle piece. Don't forget oh, what you were going to say about ahead. the puzzle piece. Now I don't remember what I was going to say <laughs> about the puzzle piece. Oh, no. I do. I think I do. Is uh, Someone said, the, 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 the point I was trying to get to was that people that are late diagnosed... And I don't know if this is always true for everybody, but because you don't have a lot of experience knowing you're autistic. That's a good way to say it. That you don't have this, these years of background knowledge mm-hmm. of, of what all the things mean. And so when you see the puzzle piece without knowing any backstory, you just see a puzzle piece and autism. Again, my first thought was, oh, that to me represents the knowledge that I'm autistic, that was the missing piece. Right. Not that I'm missing something. Right. Not that there's something wrong with me and that I need this piece to fulfill me. 
Right. It's, it was more like, oh, but that's not necessarily, that's not what it means. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> My understanding is that it, it means something much darker and like something negative. Really? Yeah. And I, I would have to look it up and... um. I don't know if anyone uh, yeah. wants to listen to well, me. Well, that's look the thing up. about logos, though, is they represent a, a particular perspective. And and the thing about neurodiversity, and including you know autism, is that there's just so much more information coming out rapidly that all of those perspectives are going to be irrelevant or incomplete very quickly if they're not already. And that's that's one of the most difficult parts about it. And then two people can look at the same thing and see it completely differently, even if you have the same perspective. So, you know, I think getting caught up in those kinds of details is just it's it's an it's not a smart use of the resources that you do have because you're already living in fight or flight just making it through your day I wouldn't search for reason or if those kinds of things like start to if you find yourself getting escalated like in high alert over an opinion or a perception or something just walk away from it like there's no point in battling out details that are based in perspective there's none and five years from now, we'll be battling different things. It's just not worth the battle. It doesn't feel good to you. Don't do it. You know, find something else that does feel good because it's just, you're not, we're not going to win anything by battling over logos. One of my favorite sayings from a comedy goes okay. perfectly in line with this. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Oh, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. I think we do need to pick our battles. I was battles. just trying to think of a title for the show. Okay. It's the juice. So, um, back to Declan's surgery, though. Squeeze. Um, yeah. So, he he lived. He did. The boy who lived. However, I mean, the thing is, he's getting older now. So, when we did this a year ago. He he's driving. He really didn't have, like, any perception of what was going to happen. And he was totally calm, like, on the, the little gurney. And they wheeled him away, no problem, you know, six or a year ago. But, but this time, like... They said, okay, mom, like, we need to get a shoe off. We need to do the stats. I'm like, okay. And he was bundled up in his rain boots, his heavy rain boots and his winter coat. And he had that thing up over his head and he'd created his own like mobile womb space and he wasn't coming out of it. And he'd picked the corner chair and he didn't want it to do with, he didn't want anything to do with anyone. And he, and he was in a lot of physical pain. You know, we know that his symptoms had gotten, you know, as bad as he could tolerate. And it was asking a lot to try and get him to cooperate to get ready for the operation and so we thought we were helping him by giving him some anxiety medication and I really think it made it worse. So you kind of skimmed over that but that that was a that was a decision we didn't come to lightly because it was something that we discussed over the course of a few days because we knew ahead of time that we may want to use this option to give him anxiety anti-anxiety medication anti-anxiety medication some relief um because Obviously, you want to do what's best for him or her if you have a little girl um, in that situation. Or yourselves. But, or yourself. But, but he, well, and it did uh, the opposite of what we were hoping it would do, mm-hmm. which is it amped him up. He did not calm down. Mm-mm. He got real fired up. And so you have to. The, I think it's the loss of control. I think that as he started to feel the chemical reaction. I was going somewhere. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I think he just fought the loss of control. He's so used to being in control of everything in his body and his mind, and he, and he was losing that. Okay. That's it? That's what you interrupted me for? I didn't interrupt you. I was finishing my own sentence. <laughs> I was talking, and then you you chimed in, man. 
Now I don't know what the hell I was saying. I was going to say something. Just everyone, just so you know, you heard me say something very profound just now. <laughs> You're overwhelmed with excitement for me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, the the one thing that was cool um, is, you know, looking for the silver lining in a, in a negative experience like that because no one wants to see their child go into surgery or have to, you know, experience any kind of pain. Um, we didn't have a lot of time to talk about it, but I assumed in my head, I just assumed that Rochelle was going to be the one because they said like one parent can go back with the child and uh, the other parent into the operating into the operating room. Sorry. And then the other parent just gets kind of sent to another room, like the recovery area. And then they meet up later. And so Rochelle's like, okay, you're going to be the one that goes in there with him. And I was like, I don't know if that's going to work. And it did like, present a little bit of an issue i think because when he was getting ready to go in there he was screaming and crying and but like the more we kind of moved around and and got into the situation um deeper so so hang on he well he did he did kind of like he was so visually stimulated that it did start to kind of calm him down a little bit so to 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 paint the whole picture they gave him the medication the anti-anxiety they gave him the tylenol which Which didn't the Tylenol didn't work fast enough, so he was still in physical pain. The anti-anxiety medication made him feel out like he was losing control, and then it came time to get him stripped and into the gown so that we could take him into the operating room, and that's where all hell broke loose. Right, he wouldn't he wouldn't let us take his clothes off. Uh-uh. It was um, a pure fight. It took both parents yeah. kicking and screaming, pulling. I mean, at one point, like I think you had him like braced by his torso and I had to try and pull things off and his you know pull up was wet so I had to try and put a new one on and then he tried to pull the the dry one off like he was just totally in sensory overload fighting us and um, the only thing that gave us a little bit of reprieve is that once we got him I mean all we could do is get him in a clean pull up and he's sitting there on a chair and I'm trying to get him to calm down while you were getting everything you had to get gowned up and everything and he was trying to regain his breathing and trying to think. And I, and I was doing all my techniques from like my my sessions, you know, how to overcome that fight or flight thing and got him just down regulated enough to breathe. You didn't mention how lovely I looked in my gown. You did look good. I know it was too chaotic. I wanted to get a picture, but I couldn't. And my hairnet. It, and your hair. Yeah. And your hairnet. And then then you were able to walk him off. Yeah. Um. You know, but it was a tough moment. I mean, it it, it took me after you guys left. I stood there for probably 90 seconds and just calmed myself down because the fury in the room was just palpable and the screaming and the crying. And so when he came out of surgery, well, let's talk about when we went into the room. That was I was just I was painting the whole picture. What room? The operating room. I didn't go in there. No, I did, though. So tell us. That's what I'm saying. And then you're talking about him coming out. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't so we went in there, and he he had finally calmed down. So the the reason that I'm t- talking about this whole thing is that you know, one thing that's that's very obvious is like I went out with a friend last night, and we were kind of ch- we were chatting about life and things, and uh, he was just like, "Man, it's so crazy that you and your um, the wife get away get along the way you do because it is weird because we are married but we're not together." Right. Still don't understand it myself, but point is that we we get along. I don't know why, <laughs> but um, I had a point. Damn it! And I just made my made me lose my train of thought. Um, my whole point is that like we have a very 
weird situation. We have a situation that not everyone is in where, you know, a lot of people it's, it's, it's all or nothing. It's like they're together as a couple or it's like typically mom is going to be number one parent and dad is a tertiary character in the child's life at best. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, in our situation, I think we both try to make it so that, um, you know, Declan's number one and because we, you know, we were able, we're able to get along well enough. We're able to do these types of things. So it's not possible for everybody to do this. Like where it's like, Hey dad, I know we're not together, but go ahead and take, take the baby and go into this room that's around the corner Mm -hmm. and not be able to see what's going on. Right. And, and I, I can understand for someone that might be scary. Um, but anyway, so we went into the room after he was crying, he was very upset and it was nerve wracking because the, well, first of all, first of all, the, uh, um, oh shoot, who's that person? What is that person called? The one that, um, uh, I hate that when you can't think of a word, the person that administers the medication, I could think of that, but I can't think of what the hell they're called. Um, and then their assistant, and she was dressed like a ladybug. And Declan was kind of like, I don't like this. <laughs> he was kind of freaking out a little bit. Um, they put a mask over his face. The gas was supposed to uh, put him to sleep. And then they had an IV in his arm, and th- or they were going to put an IV in his arm after he fell asleep, rather. And then that was going to administer the medication that would keep him asleep through the process of the actual surgery to remove the adenoids. And what's weird is that my understanding is that when it comes to adenoids, um, Usually that's something that's removed in a, in a secondary manner. Um, when you're getting your tonsils taken out, they would take out the adenoids. Usually it doesn't go to where like they're just taking out the adenoids. But, you know, hey, let's take what we can get. And so he, uh, he, I held his hands and he fell asleep. And they're like, all right, dad, get the hell out of here. And then I went and I met Rochelle in another room. And... Uh, Rochelle is now in another room with Declan. She just walked out of the of the show, and I'm here by myself, and I have nothing to talk about. I wonder if I should do Pop Minute and News Minute while Rochelle's gone. Oh, never mind. News Minute! Is he awake? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. He's trying to decide. Um, you're, you're back. I don't, I'm not sure. Okay, maybe Rochelle's not back. Should I do Pop Minute and News Minute real quick? Um... I need something to talk about. All right. Pop minute. More Oscar news in the news this week. The Oscars have been hostless since Jimmy Kimmel last hosted the Oscars in 2018. Yes, that's right. This year, the Oscars will be hosted by not one, but three women. Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes, and Regina Hall. And I know this is not newsworthy, but I would like to say that Wanda Sykes is one of my favorite comedians, so I'm very excited about seeing her. Uh, this is the first time since 1987 uh, that the Oscars have been, had three hosts and the first time in Oscar history that the three hosts are women. So that's big that big news. I do not have anything else for Pop Minute, so it's time for News Minute. Paisley Joanne Schultes, a six-year-old from New York, went missing two years ago and was just found by police. Yes, she is alive and well. She had been living in secret with her non-custodial parents. Details of why her parents were not her legal guardians was not released in this official statement that I read. 
I basically don't know what the hell happened there, but uh, the police were given a tip that the child was living in a house that had been searched several times. However, this time the police had a warrant and searched high and low. There were some blankets strategically placed behind a basement staircase and the child was found hiding underneath them with her mother after police searched for more than an hour. Young Paisley must have been somewhat traumatized and frightened by the police as she was reportedly despondent upon her quote-unquote rescue. However, after officers drove past a McDonald's on the way to the police station, the young girl recollected having eaten at the fast food chain once many times, sorry, not many times, many years ago, so the officers turned around and pulled into the establishment to get her a Happy Meal. Officers say she was fine after that. So who were the hosts? Host of what? The Oscars. Oh, Amy Schumer, uh-huh. Wanda Sykes, and Regina Hall. Oh. You don't, okay. like, you don't like Wanda Sykes? I like Wanda Sykes a lot, yeah. Okay. I do. Yeah. I like Regina Hall, too. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Name one thing she's done. I couldn't. I don't have that <laughs> ability to do what you do. <laughs> I just know if I like the person. Um. Yeah, I listened to all of that, and then I lost half of what I was going to say from the other room. Oh, no. Sorry. He's having... um sleep lately has been tough for him it's like if he doesn't roll over every 30 minutes or so and find me then he's awake and angry so he's been napping less and less like at my place too hmm. yeah so i'll put him because he used to nap like a clockwork two hours two to three hours and now it's like maybe your lucky hour an hour and a half yeah well i think he's going through a growth spurt too so yeah goes back and forth but um so you were describing the operating room and the ladybug lady. Mm-hmm. And then did he calm down at any point or? He did calm down like as we were coming of rounding the corners there. Okay. Um, he was kind of like. <sighs> and he was out before they put in. the IV in, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Man, he ripped that thing out when he woke up though. Like it was hard to keep. Well, he didn't rip it out of his hand. No, he tried to. He I mean, pulled we... the, like one of the further parts well he okay so to be fair though he tried to get both we had to stop him so that the nurse could unravel it you know like i had to hold his arm down because he was trying to pull the needle part out right as he was waking up from that whole experience yeah so waking up actually for the i mean this whole week has been when he wakes up he kind of wakes up in that same panic that he was in when he woke up from that anesthesia and it took him you know like we brought him home that day and he was all kind of you know woozy but then once he started to try and regain control, he, he got all fired up again. But the following day, we were here all day. Man, he was just wired, like trying to get it all out of his system. He's just bouncing off the walls, like virtually incoherent the whole day. And getting him down for sleep, like the, the most normal day we had was Wednesday. And then that cold started to like flare up again. Yeah. So then he spent, you know, Thursday, Friday yesterday really working on that same that same low grade cold that just keeps coming back but at least this time we got it cultured so we could figure out what was going on well and that's the thing we were talking about earlier is that after the surgery um they did a culture maybe during the prior sur- yeah. to whatever part they of the surgery process they cleaned out his ears but then they also did a culture of his ear tubes to right is that right the way i think yeah that? i think to, that's where to they see cultured. to see if he was dealing with a fungus of some kind or if he was dealing with 
uh, funny amoeba. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, she was. She talked. She talked very fast. But yeah, um, I think the bigger thing that I didn't necessarily account for was how the general anesthesia would would affect him. And having just gone under general anesthesia myself, just you know, a few weeks ago, I remember how heavy that feeling is when you're trying to wake up from it and and it's almost painful when you're not in control and you just can't wake yourself up and then you're sleeping and it's an uncomfortable sleep because you're not resting you know and so going through this experience with this medication that that overstimulated my nerves and then when I go to work and I'm actually and I'm trying to calm other people's nerves down it just it just rattled me even more I I was left with the week thinking okay this is an important thing to know because it's not uncommon to deal with situations where you have some sort of pain reliever or anesthesia. And, you know, you got to know a little bit about yourself in the in terms of, you know, how you feel when when you're under an involuntary medical process and account for that in the healing. You know, give yourself some space because you're going to feel really different and it's going to trigger your feelings of control or loss of control. Right. Um, so it's not just about how a child would do that, but also how an adult would do that. Yeah. I mean, I know that for me having, I've had surgeries mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't know if I'm commenting on the right thing. I just realized that I was going to say that I've, I've, I've been under the knife before mm-hmm. and everyone reacts to that medication differently. Right. And so like for me, I was just like chilly and you didn't know you had any neurodiversity then? No. So they gave me a little bit of um what's that good stuff called again? Damn it. Demerol. Right. Oof. That is good stuff. I'll take some of that right now, please. <laughs> that is the best stuff. Yeah. Uh very and it's I mean it's not something obviously you would take recreationally, but cuz then I would just be on it all the time. <laughs> well, yeah. It's a heavy pain reliever though. But it, it I mean heavy pain reliever, but it just you feel you're just like I feel good. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, like I, when I, when I think back, so like the, the, the major kind of surgeries and procedures that I've had were, uh, I had a colonoscopy when I was 10 Oh. and I had the, and they gave me Demerol for that. And the, I guess they call that just a heavy amount of Demerol. So they, they you don't actually put you under, it's a twilight sleep. Okay. To where you're kind of like, I'm still awake. Hmm. Um, and then when I had uh, my bilateral inguinal hernia surgery, surgery, I actually was out sure. for that. I'd hope um, so. And in both cases as a as an adult. Now it's weird looking back on it as someone that knows that I was, uh, obviously I was still autistic at the time. It's not you like were. I just grew into being autistic and I right. had ADHD. Um, I... Uh, yeah, I just I just remember thinking I was I was afraid because that like I would just hear things the doctor would say and I was very I had like this really attuned hearing to where I would hear things that they probably didn't think I was hearing like while I was under mm-hmm. or I was like in the other room or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I I wonder about that for Declan too, like how much of that's going to resonate for him and how much does he really understand versus what he can actually repeat. Well, and it's the third time that he's been under general anesthesia in 15 months. Yeah. So I imagine, and that's never ideal, um, but it's unfortunately really common with, you know, kids 
with neurodiversity these days because just because of the way that things evolve and for us he included you know an MRI so that was an extra run under there but I don't know because he is paying attention like he's very um he's very aware of the little things but you but at the he's same getting time more vocal but but he also has a very um unfocused like how do I say this he tunes out a lot of background stuff because he's got so much going on in his own head that you can tell that he's just bouncing from thought to thought to thought like he's yeah. I, I promise you like he's got ADHD like in the making because the way that he is bouncing around it's just so um it's almost um what's the word I, it's like unregulated like he almost can't finish his own thoughts before he jumps to the next one and I watch it in the way that he's playing with toys and, and it was way worse coming off of that anesthesia because, it, you know, you're talking about not having any control versus putting your brain back into control and, and then how he kind of bounced back and forth. And I always wonder how those mood altering medications that I take would react with a kid. They have a lot of kids on medications that are similar. I talk to parents every day. The gabapentin, I take the gabapentin. Yeah, and I, there's a lot of teenagers that have gone through. There's a, I mean, the thing is, is that teenagers are are forced because there's a hormonal aspect. Right. Um, and it's even worse for so women. it's hard to tell the interactions. and Right. Because you, you don't want to keep something from happening. And then, like, I guess it's different when you're an adult, right? Because you you're not going through chemical reactions in your body the same way right everything happens a lot slower a lot yes it's a lot more different but what's interesting is that one of the reasons you know we talk a lot about how women continue to get missed they continue to get underdiagnosed um autism and adhd still primarily have that stigma of being a boy's disease yeah that's isn't that weird and it's not even a disease you know it, it, a boy's disorder but people but in the the layman would say disease the layman would and they would be wrong and it's also not men and, and the, the medical profession, they're trying really hard to flip that because they recognize, and not all of them, I mean, granted, not all of them. A lot of people, it's a, it's a large medical community, right? It's not like they all get the same memo at the same time and they all get downloaded on the same information. God knows where they're all getting their information. So there is no way to just update the entire medical community at once. So everyone's on different learning curves and there's a lot of people that are still fighting for the correct diagnosis or someone to, to pay attention to their, to them or their child the same way that we finally found this ENT that paid attention to us, you know, and got us on the right track after months of being dismissed. Right. It's, it's the same thing with women. But when I was talking to my weight loss or to my OBGYN who was helping me with my stuff, um, I said, you know, I get these, I get a lot of headaches around my cycle. And he goes, well, you know, estrogen drops right before your cycle. And I was like, I am 41 years old and you're the first person to tell me that. Is that why you act so manly? No, estrogen actually increases irritability. It um, increases You must you know, have moods. a lot of estrogen. No, I, I don't have enough. But um, the point is that one of the reasons that it is so easy for women to get missed, yeah. especially with ADHD, is because... They don't have huge dicks. It's a dick huge disorder. Okay. And what, do you, what would you say for women? A diaphragm huge disorder. <laughs> no, you're funny. But listen, so when your estrogen drops and it increases symptoms of what is classically known as PMS, right? PMS symptoms also are very similar, if not identical, to some ADHD symptoms. 
So the fact that you're a woman and you go through an estrogen drop and your PMS kicks in hides your ADHD from most physicians that don't understand to look for it. And they don't understand how to look beyond the PMS symptoms and find some of the other things. Are you saying that PMS is close to ADHD? So they have some overlapping qualities when it comes to like mood and irritability and headaches and hmm. that feeling of edginess and um, emotional dysregulation. Um, it can, you know, create the physical pain. So it can make you a little hypersensitive, sensory hypersensitive. Um, yeah. it, it can make you tired and uh, fatigued. Um, these are all these are all overlapping. They they work in both categories. And so what happens is th the same thing that happened with my migraines when I was 12, they looked at me and they said, Oh, well, you're, you're a woman, you're, you know, you're 12, you're hit all your hormones are heading. So your migraines are hormonal. And it's because you're a woman, there's nothing we can do to help you. And I was like, okay, but you're wrong. And they were wrong for 25 years. And they're doing the same thing. The miss that same misjudgment of the role hormones play is also contributing to why so many women with ADHD are getting missed. Because they, they make that same incorrect calculation. They go, oh, well, that's hormonal. That's all the things that happen when you're PMSing. It's because you have, you know, PMDD or like they're taking it in the wrong direction. Premenstrual dysphoria disorder. It's like I was waiting. I was like, she PMDD'd me. <laughs> it's the extreme of PMS. Okay. And, um, and it can require medication. And so another, it's just another one of these things that you have to look at the bigger, bigger, bigger picture not just what's happening in that moment. And so I do think it's important for women to know if you are suspecting, you know, that you have ADHD and you're looking for some help when you go in to see a doctor, you also need to paint the whole picture. Like try as much as possible to to capture what you experience in a full month cycle so it's not inadvertently you know, just single, just, just narrowing down on irritability or mood or sleepless, you know, sleepless nights or temperature control issues or emotional dysregulation. Like you want to try and capture the, as many details as possible, because then it'll help the, the physician to see the bigger picture and not get stuck just, you know, trying to solve the compensation problems that aren't working. A lot of times when we're doing these episodes, I'm thinking real hard about what to call the episode while you're working real hard on saying all the shit <laughs> that goes into the episode. Right. How about it's not just PMS. I have ADHD. I like that. So for women, um, one way to increase the chances of getting the right diagnosis when you speak to your clinician for an evaluation or you're going in and you're asking questions, um, a couple of things to keep in mind. Talk about your inattentive system, uh, symptoms. Talk about your internalizing symptoms. Talk about your emotional dysregulation. Talk about um, what happened, you know, if it's a late um, adolescent onset. What does that mean? Late adolescent onset is when the symptoms become more apparent um, as you're ending puberty. Because once those hormonal cycles have sort of mellowed out and you're, and you're turning the corner into your 20s, um, it becomes a little bit easier to tease apart the, the puberty part of it and what's actually ADHD. Mm -hmm. So they call it late adolescent onset. It's not, I don't think it's really onset. I think it's at that point where it just becomes more prevalent. Um, it's important to talk about low self-esteem, um, eating dysregulation, chronic anxiety, chronic relationship problems, 
Um, this is a really, really important one, but perfectionistic behavior. And um, there's multiple articles that talk about how women with ADHD almost always have perfectionist challenges, uh, whether it's their own perception of themselves, their own like standard they keep themselves to, or whether they actually like try and make everything in their world perfect in order to feel like you're succeeding. Um, perfectionistic English. Perfection. Perfect. Yeah, I guess you don't have it. I don't. <laughs> I, I tongue tie. Anyways, that's an important behavior to talk about. Um, substance dependence, um, whether that's even, you know, caffeine or drugs milk, and alcohol. Right. Um, sensory hypersensity, hypersensitivities. Hypersensitivities. <laughs> How did you not say that one? Right? I, it's too many I's and T's. I just couldn't read it right. right. Chronic restlessness. Um, the reluctance to read. Oh, I know a lot of people that have reluctance to read. It can be actually like if you are struggling to have your eyes focus um, or you just are struggling to kind of sit yourself down in a chair and downregulate enough to focus on reading. Like it can be really frustrating to try and read, actually. See, I always thought that if you didn't like to read, it just meant that you didn't want to be educated. Well, what I, you're saying is that it could be a chemical imbalance. It could be right. It could be a a chemical imbalance. It could be a, a symptom of ADHD. It also could be part of, I mean, a lot of the dyslexic symptoms that we look for that are underlying. I had dyslexia so bad that at one point in time, reading was just chaotic. Like I didn't enjoy it. I, if my, when my world was falling apart, I couldn't sit down and read. The letters just jumbled. In You'd my, just be sitting there reading Perry Fodder. It just didn't even work. Yeah. Um, episodes of rage or tears, uh, frequent irritability, Picking behaviors, like if you're picking uh, like on your scalp or picking, you know, your skin um, and then intense premenstrual symptoms. It's important to bring those up also just so that it. you I can. I get those all the time. I'll bet. Well, men actually do get PMS. Yep. But but not in a way that it gets mislabeled. If When men like, get irritable and it's like, oh, then you do have your own hormonal cycles. Penis manly syndrome. Is the, Well, right. But the men don't make the mistake with you guys. Like when you guys get hor like get all PMS-y, the doctors are still like, yeah, okay, that's normal for men, but it's really ADHD. But with, with women, they'll, they'll inadvertently write it off as being hormonal and they get it wrong and that's frustrating. So it is important to go in with what your premenstrual symptoms are, but be able to put those symptoms in context with your cycle and then be able to describe the rest of your month so that you can get a bigger, clearer picture. Yeah. My cycle. Let me tell you about my cycle for a minute. <laughs> what is your cycle? I'm very regular. Okay. Yep. Once or twice a day. Okay. Um, that's why I take a lot of, uh, take a lot of fiber to make sure I stay regular. Okay. Is that what we're talking about? Sure. That's, that's, uh, what did I call it again? Something manly syndrome? Yeah. Penis manly Penis syndrome. Penis manly syndrome. Right. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So I just like to make sure I'm taken care of. That's good. I'm glad you I don't you're know if anything I just said makes sense. <laughs> I just want to contribute to the conversation. Fair enough. What are you reading? It's just so people can reference this. Oh, it's um the gender differences in ADHD women uh, versus men. It's an article on Attitude magazine. Okay. I found it quite helpful because I, I have a lot of clients that actually identify with some of these challenges. We've talked about how to tease some of these things apart because they do overlap in a way that's confusing and they overlap just enough. And so um, when you're a woman and you're going, OK, but I have all these extra things. One of the things that is 
so under discussed with uh, for women with ADHD is the fact that ADHD is so much more internalized for women than it is for men. And it becomes so much more of an expression of low self-esteem or just really low self-worth. Like you just don't feel valued. You just constantly feel like a failure. And that that's, you know, contrasted against this world that you think you have to be perfect in. And men don't feel those things? Not so much because the gender roles right now work to highlight men and still continue to put women in that serve role. Gender roles do not serve me very well at all. Then <laughs> no, they don't. They probably don't. But but I women, feel that, are, I feel that also. Sure, that's true. But uh, but between someone outwardly looking at you and judging you as a man versus how women are supposed to act and feel, you know, there's still this incorrect assumption that behavior is a choice. It's one of the things that I fight the most with. Um, raising a child with neurodiversity in this day and age is everyone thinks behavior is a choice and behavior and having compliant behavior is easy and it's just a matter of deciding to be well behaved and I disagree 100% with that because I think behavior is more of a nonverbal communication method like behavior is an indication of pain or behavior is an indication of dysregulation like behavior is so much more complex than just being a choice. And I think that's evident by what we went through with Declan in surgery is that his behavior, she was he was screaming that he was uncomfortable. He was scared. You know, he was feeling ripped out of his comfort zone. Even if it was for his own benefit, he was in so much physical pain that his emotional pain just, it rendered him helpless. And all he could do was fight. And how often does that sound like something you go through on a regular basis? I mean, you're experiencing it right now just in the process of continuing to job search and you get into these moments where you're just like, you know, you don't love what you're doing. You want a new career. You're working really, really hard to get there. You're in pain in multiple ways. And then you get into this this pressure zone with a, with a potential new employer and, you know, and you can you can almost crumble going like, how do I even navigate my way through this? Because at that point, behavior is a representation of all the different pains you're trying to not only resolve, but work through in the same moment. So I think we need to look at behavior differently. Okay. You're the boss. No, I mean, I'm just, I just watch. Go ahead. I don't know what I was going to say. Something dirty. Oh. I was going to say something funny. Oh. I apologize. Won't happen again. I assure you. (laughs) (laughs) I just I just watch it's just like that lady that said that called um you know that woman and her son you know a gremlin like it's just it's a very outdated very false belief that can hurt other people so the first place to start is to recognize that even your own behavior may be more of gremlin an indication what a weird word to use I know how old was this lady I don't know but I tell you what like what I was this again some some store. Oh, it was in a group though. I, one it, yes, one of the members you of my didn't group. Didn't see this happen. No, one of the members right. of my okay. group was sharing the story about right. her and her son. Okay, but I know what. Catch myself back. I up. haven't been called that by someone out in the public, but a I gremlin? have had to. Yeah, no, but I have had to pull him out of retail stores when he's at the end of his you know regulatory rope, if you will, like right because of the massive meltdowns and the screaming and crying, but I, I've been met with empathy. I've been met with people who meet, who meet me outside and that actually try and calm him down. So when I heard the story of someone judging this child's behavior, 
where the mom is doing everything to comfort her son and calming him down and doing all the right things we would call right, you know, in, in our world of like, how do you downregulate an overstimulated system? And to be called something so judgmental just makes me angry. But at the same time, that represents how badly they have misconstrued the concept of behavior. See, my, my, I don't, I wouldn't have a good reaction. I, you know, they say to be the bigger person. So I've been eating more. Okay. I drink coffee during these things. <laughs> like you can't say stuff like that. I'm going to spit it out my nose. <laughs> but like if someone walked by and yelled at me and said, Declan is your son is a gremlin. I'd be like, fuck you. I, that would be the first thing I would say. I don't know. I, I wanted to mouth off in my mind. Like if it was, I put myself in that situation and I, I wanted to rec- retort by calling her a name too, but I probably would have done exactly what the mom actually did, which is to just cry with her son in that moment and shut down because that's, I, I know myself. So you don't have penis manly syndromes. It I is don't. A problem. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I would have been overwhelmed and I would have, I would have been. Two swinging dicks. We would have, that's what we would have done. We would have stopped crying and we would have started calling that lady mean names. Really? I think so. You think so? Fuck yeah. I mean, in that moment though, like that's a hurtful thing to say. It's beyond a hurtful thing to say. And someone th- opens their mouth though, like that. It starts talking. Sorry. I'm they, not even their mouth. They start talking out of their ass like that. Right. Then yeah. Like, see, that's the thing that's weird when you're you've opened a door socially that now I feel free to walk through. And she did by saying something. If she just walked off and been judgmental and walked off, the mom still would have known she would have been judged, but it wouldn't have had the sting of the really horrible thing that verbally came out of her mouth. And is it, is that the adult thing to do? I don't really care <laughs> because I would, I want to win the, remember so, we talked but, about that before. Yeah, I you do want to win the argument, but that I think is because you also have ADHD and you have a bottle rocket temper. I do. And you have Don't the ability in that moment <laughs> to kind of override because autism is a slower processing system. It's a big database with a slower processing system, depending right. on how well organized your thoughts are. But see, you wouldn't have gotten and that that's why it's so easy. Sorry. It's so easy for an autistic individual in those moments to just shut down because they're just like, OK, done. I'm done. It, they are two very conflicting systems that don't work together very well right. so when you have adhd and you're autistic it is a big f you sure to your brain sure and like who's in control well and that's the thing like when you hear people that are purely autistic and i say purely autistic meaning like they don't have they haven't been diagnosed with adhd or they don't have those the hyperactivity right. right they're able to focus and do things in a different way than people with ADHD. And when you, I hear about people that have ADHD and, and are not autistic and I'm like, I'm envious. And I hear about people that are autistic and I'm like, I'm envious. And I'm like having both of those. It's, it's like, it's like if you have two short legs or two long legs, right? right. There could be benefits to both, but I have a short leg and a long leg. So you're just constantly So stuck. I'm just like, <laughs> right. And that's true. I don't get the benefit of either. No, you don't. And in this moment, you're. That was an amazing analogy. It was by a the great way. analogy, actually. And in this moment, your your bottle rocket temper would have just taken over and probably ripped that woman to shreds. Oh yeah, for sure. You have the ability. You have this. You have this ability for the career enders, and they hurt. Like Sorry. you can say the meanest thing to end a a stressful moment, like a verbal. You this verbal assault. Like you can just take one out, and you probably would have taken her out. 
Yeah. That lady, see, people people should hire me. I'll, I'll go to the store with you, and your kid can have a meltdown, and then someone walks by, and then I'll just be there ready, ready to go. You know, that's interesting. Fire ready aim. Yeah. This is honestly why I avoid the stores, because after having to walk out of enough retail stores with Declan and when he was two, and just the pure... I mean, it's embarrassing. It's agonizing. You're trying to keep them like in your arms without falling apart and w- crashing to the ground and taking half the store with you. You know, like you're overwhelmed yourself because you feel like you're some social failure. I mean, it's so overwhelming the number of things that get pumped through your mind in a, in a split second. Um, I just started. I mean, Instacart became my best friend and Instacart goes shopping for me and it means we stay home and you know he doesn't have to put pants on and I don't have to deal with the retail stores and people bring things to me. Let's be honest though you don't have to put pants on either. Right but I will deal with pants where days he won't. Okay. How about fire ready autism? Or it's really more fire ready ADHD. Would it be? This it a, would this be. Episode? Yeah. ADHD. It's really more 80, but it's complicated by autism because so many people do have both. And, um, you know, it's not, there's the reason I said autism is because the word aim is in autism. Yeah. You'd have to. Okay. So it's fire ready aim, but then like autism's and anyone. Oh, I gotcha. It's kind of like you can't have slaughter without laughter. Okay. Well, again, I'd have to see it. I don't know. I don't see the screen, but. Right. I guess um, I, but I, these are all. We stop talking. <laughs> Black. I'm, so, I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's my don't judge me because of my autism. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm my, just taking my a breath and autism DHD. It's a difficult thing. There's no doubt. Yeah. And then on top of it, you don't just. I mean, I don't know very many people that have autism or ADHD without also having a- both either anxiety or depression you know the good news is you're not perfect <laughs> right i love watching you struggle with words <laughs> i really do struggle because what happens is i try and form these images in my mind and then even my mental images have dyslexia so then i don't know what i'm saying because it got all jumbled in my vision and i'm trying to pull it out my mouth and it doesn't always work it's yeah. really frustrating actually you ever go to the bathroom in the tub no, I'm not. It's not like that. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> it's not a directional challenge. Wash your it's hands a, in the toilet. No, it's not. That's not. That's, it's functional. It's. I rely very much on the mental images I can. I can place in my mind, and that's why that stimulant medication. I only took it for. I. I finally came off. I was like, I can't. I can't do it. I just. It's ramped me You're up big so on much. Not taking medication when doctors have prescribed it. I know, but I was really hopeful that this was going to help me, and I realized all it is is a stimulant. It's not actually like fixing what my challenges are. I was like, this is stupid. I'm not going to put myself through this for three months um, because it's it's not helping me. It's actually just destroying like me because I'm going so fast that I can't function. And my dyslexia was so bad. I'm, I'm in sessions and I'm just trying to say the word cranial. I'm like, I probably tripped over the word four times in the same and sentence. And you said anial? No, I, I don't even know what I said. I, like, I almost couldn't get past the CR. Like I kept stuttering over it. I, just, I was stuttering a lot. That would be anial. It was like, cr- 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 like I couldn't find the word. I don't know. I like my I like my saying better. I know. I picked the wrong word. I, I knew where you were going to go with that. but Yeah. Let's talk about Uranus. No, let's not. <laughs> or as you call it, Uranus. <laughs> that is the silliest thing I've ever heard in my life. It, it You're talking about the planet? Yes. Okay. It Uranus? Is, it is Uranus. It is not Uranus. It is. Let's take a pole. Okay. And shove it up Uranus. <laughs> 
Now let's take a poll. And is anyone listening? If you go on the Facebook group, tell me: Is it Uranus or Uranus the it's planet? Uranus. It is not. I've We're reading the planet's n- book. Never heard Uranus before. He was given the planet's book by his cousin, and we read it every night. He calls it the Sun Book. All right. And it talks about all eight planets. Right. That's right. That's that's right. Because poor little Pluto. Is well, they actually call Pluto a minor planet, and they it, is they it, like is it dedicated a decimal. I don't know. They actually, I think Pluto is still a planet, but they actually dedicate this book to Pluto. And I was like, well, that's stupid. If you're going to do that, like put them in. I don't understand. It doesn't matter. But it's yeah, why don't you shove Pluto up your anus? <laughs> no, thank you. Pluto is actually a very small planet. It's a little teeny, little, little, it's little thing. tiny. Yeah, it's powerful. But perfect, perfect shape to go right up your anus. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. My goodness. I am such a grown up. Hey, you know what? This is perfect timing to end the show. What do you think? I think it's great. Stressful week. Listen, there's. I think this coming week is going to be highly stressful also. Um, anyone who's listening to this in real time, I would just say carve out some extra time and space for yourself. Um, try and uh, take things off your schedule, if you will. Just just give yourself more room so you have Make less some room things in your to anus. do. Just, it's, it, it could feel just emotional and overstimulating just getting out of bed i mean there's just a lot going on in uh, out in, in the world right now and so do your best to stay close to the things that make you feel good and not the things that get your get that make you feel angry or powerless or helpless like just try and motivate yourself to get some exercise and get your omega-3s in there i was talking about that last night with my oh friend. i'm really proud of you Look actually physical exercise i don't like the word exercise because everyone envisions like just this. try to get some th- th- yeah it's, you don't have to be running movement. a mile it's physical just movement walking like walking like on your lunch break get a get a 10 minute walk in there or something just anything that allows park your... a little further away from the door when you go to the home depot right so from a neurological nervous system standpoint any thing you can do to just move your body through and help your nervous system kind of work out that extra energy that you're probably going to feel this week um, that's helpful that will help you sleep it will help you feel calmer it will help you get through the tasks you need to get through and I would go through and and figure out like okay these are the tasks I absolutely have to do these are the things I'm pre-committed to these are the things that are optional and anything that's optional, you have the option to opt out of if you get there in the moment and decide you don't feel it. Just opt out of it. Give yourself permission to say, ah, I'm not going to do that one anymore. Yeah. This is one of those times where being able to practice the 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 your ability to go with the flow and change your mind based on how you feel is going to be extra important. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say anything here. Join the Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound autistic. YDSA. Join the group. Join the conversation. Um, make sure that you share the show. Please comment and tell us all the great things about the show. Um, not a single person has liked the show on any platform, and we ask every time. So come on. This is free. We're not even <laughs> advertising yet. Right. Uh, you know what? I'm going to start getting the advertisers just to make some money, and then... I don't have a point to that. Just want to make some money. That's all I. That's you all do. I want. I do. Well, it, for a mental health awareness podcast, I I really believe in what we're doing. So I'm grateful to everyone who's listening because. 
the more and I, I don't actually We're like saving lives. Yeah, I don't actually like the term mental health. I think it's mental and emotional health. The two actually go hand in hand. Um, but anyways, it's awareness and it's, you know, you're not alone. So that's why we ask you to join the group is because we're here for you and you're not alone. That's right. And take care of Uranus. Oh my gosh. It needs our help. <laughs> okay. Do you know anything about that planet? Yeah. It's a, it's a dark, dark hole. It's the coldest planet space. of them all. Yeah. Yeah. And it needs a fit B every once in a while. <laughs> okay. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I, I We do appreciate it. I apologize for the sarcasm, but I'm not going to stop. Uh, my name is Blake. My name is Rochelle. And we will be back. This is episode 28. Wow. Good job. Yeah. Cue the music. <laughs>